A good near of Shabbos to our friends and members of the Westmount Shul. It's been a number of weeks since we have given the Erev Shabbos drush because of all the Yomim Tovim that we had. It was a beautiful, beautiful uh, Yomim Noraim going from Rosh Hashanah all the way to Simchus Torah. And uh, now we begin uh, the month of Cheshvon. And we get to the, as they say, the regular routine of life. So I'd like to start with an anecdote uh, about former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger. He decides to make for himself a custom-made, beautiful three-piece suit of the finest material. So during his next trip to Italy, he has himself measured by a world-renowned desire, designer who subsequently gives him the material for his suit. When he arrives in Paris, he presents the material to the skilled tailor, and the man measures his body and says, Sorry, Mr. Kissinger, but a man your size needs at least another two inches of material. Well, surprised, Dr. Kissinger continues his journey to London. There, the tailor says, I'm sorry, Mr. Secretary of State, but to turn this into a suit for your physique, I need another three inches of the material. Disappointed, he arrives in Beijing. There, the widely acclaimed Chinese tailor remarks, I really don't understand what you were thinking, Mr. Kissinger. Your body is far larger than this material. We need another five inches. So an angry Dr. Kissinger arrives in Tel Aviv. He presents the material to a local Jewish tailor. The tailor measures him and says, you know, you actually don't need so much material, but I'll cut off some of it and we'll turn the remainder into a stunning suit. Kissinger's astonished. Can you explain to me this enigma, he asks the tailor? I've traveled the world and everybody claims that I need much more material. What's going on here? <laughs> so the Israeli tailor responds, oh, it's quite simple. In Italy, you are a big man. In Paris, you are even a bigger man. In London, you are a great man. And in Beijing, you are a giant. Here in Israel, you're a small man. Okay, so... This is the lead-in to our discussion of what, when it comes to one of the most important figures in the Bible, the man who single-handedly saved civilization, and that is Noah. What the tailor told Kissinger is what we Jews actually do to Noah. We cut him down half his size, which is a both astounding and problematic. Let's look in this week's Torah portion. The Torah says, Ela told us Noah, this is the history of Noah. Noah was a tzaddik, a righteous man. He was wholesome in his generation. Noah walked with Hashem. The Talmud and Rashi, who are very sensitive to the nuances of the text, take note of the fact that he says, in his generation, which is superfluous, Obviously, Noah lived and functioned in his generation. Why didn't the Torah just say Noah was a righteous man? Perfect was he. Noah walked with God and leave out in his generation. Therefore, the Talmud offers two opposing explanations. And in the words of Rashi, 
Among the sages, there are those who interpret this as a praise of Noah, which is, if he was righteous in his corrupt generation, certainly would have been even more righteous had he lived in a generation of righteous people. Others interpret it negatively. In relation to his wicked generation, he was righteous. But had he been in Avram's generation, he would not have amounted to anything. Fascinating. So the question is, who was Noah? Was he really a man of extraordinary stature or just a cut above the rest? Did he match up with other gigantic heroes of the Torah or is he just your average good Samaritan? Did God save him because he was a perfect Sadiq? Or is he simply in the right place at the right time and there was nobody better? That seems to be the discussion. Yet there is a very disturbing aspect to this discussion. The Torah is clearly trying to highlight Noah's virtue. As it said in the end of the parsha, Noah Noach found favor in the eyes of God. That was in the last week's parsha. And in this week's parsha, we say these, this is the history of Noah. Noah was a tzaddik. He was a wholesome man in his generation. He walked with God. Later on in the Torah portion, Hashem says, I have found you righteous before me in this generation. Clearly, the Torah is extolling Noah's virtues. So what drove the rabbis to cut him down? And besides, when you can choose a complementary interpretation and perspective, what drives some to choose a negative and condescending interpretation? It seems like a very un-Jewish thing to do. More than that, Noah is the only person in the entire Tanakh in the text who's called a tzaddik, a perfectly righteous individual. Hashem says, I have found you to be a tzaddik before me in this generation. <laughs> so what do, what do us Jews, Jewish commentaries say? Yes, but not really. So what's going on here? So there's many explanations. But I've come across this year a beautiful interpretation by the past Lubavitcher Rebbe which always, his interpretations always are very um, interesting and flips the perspective in a most beautiful way. And he says like this, those rabbis that we think are speaking negatively about Noah, the truth is not only were the rabbis not trying to minimize Noah's virtues, they actually wanted to highlight his praises even more. And equally important, they're trying to teach us a very important lesson. Now, let's look at Noah. What did Noah accomplish? Well, he saved all of mankind. Had Noah not been around, humanity would have become extinct soon after it began. Single-handedly, he ensured the continuity of life on planet Earth. He is the man who builds an ark, rescues all living organisms, and ensures our world would survive. I would say that's a great achievement. I would say he would get the Nobel Peace Prize. Now, who is this individual who achieves this feat? Well, it's a person who later on in this parsha, the Torah calls him an Ish Adama, a man of the earth. And besides the construction of the ark, 
The only time we have a story about Noah is that he was a farmer, he planted a vineyard, he became intoxicated and exposed himself. That's it. The last thing we hear about Noah is that he lay there in his tent, drunk and bare. The rabbis also deduce from a different part of the story that Noah also was those who were mektane emunah, wanting in faith. He believed and did not believe that the flood would come and he would not enter the ark until the waters forced him to do so. So let's try to put the characterization of Noah in totality now. Noah was a fine man who lived a decent moral life and he tried to do what God wanted. But he was not without his flaws, his doubts, his struggles. So indeed, compared to Abraham, he would not amount to much. Ah, yes, but now comes the beautiful part. But look what this simple fellow achieved. In a society dripping with greed and temptation, Noah held to his morals. He walked with Hashem. He went against the tide. He saved the planet from the tide of destruction. Civilization survived not because of a towering titanic figure like Avram, but because of a simple man who had the courage to live morally when everyone around him behaved despicably. So remarkably, what the rabbis are saying, by degrading Noah and stating that in other generations, Noah would have been eclipsed by greater people, The rabbis turned him into the most inspiring figure, someone who serves as a model for all of us ordinary people. Noah is our hero. What kind of hero? The hero of the ordinary run-of-the-mill individual who is no great thinker, no great warrior, no great leader, no great man of transcendence. By explaining the Torah text the way they did, the rabbis turned Noah into a symbol for us ordinary regular people who appreciate a fine cup of wine and a little schnapps. How we too can make a difference in people's lives. Many, there are certain people over civil assault drank a little too much and may have not have appeared to be the noblest of peoples. But we're no different than Noah. This message of Noah, where we have a full week to absorb the Torah portion, it's a it's a game changer. What this Parsha is telling us is you don't need to be an Avram or a Moshe to transform the world. Noah was just a regular guy. Oh, but look what he did. And therefore, we, in this week's Parsha, have to look at that Noah character Remember, every character in the Torah is described because we have a little of that character in us. Many of us, and I'd suggest most of us, are regular people. We're not Gedolei Ador. But if we have courage not to toe the line of corruption, fakeness, and falsehood, the world is now filled with so much of this fakeness already that all these woke ideas are assumed to be normal, and anyone who disagrees with it are the not normal ones. We have to have courage not to toe this line. And with a little gentleness, friendliness, compassion, kindness, and goodness, we can save lives, 
ignite sparks and create a quote-unquote teva of sanity amongst a raging flood. Noah was not a saint. And thank goodness. We've heard enough about saints in our lives. We know about great tzaddikim. We read many of these biographies about gedolim. And many of them are what we call cookie cutter biographies in which each one was born a holy genius. At the age of six, he knew the entire Tanakh by heart. At the age of 12, he mastered the Talmud. His mother had to force him to eat. In all these books, there's almost no trace of struggle, failure, crisis, doubt, anxiety, temptation, confusion, etc., etc. Through the vicissitudes of life. And beside it being a dishonest portrayal, it deprives the biographies from having any educational value. How can I try to emulate a flawless and brilliant saint? So today, we can decide to emulate Noah, a simple man who is true to his soul and his God. In our own way, we should be able to stand up to lies, to stand up against greed, to stand up against promiscuity, but rather become that light of love and hope. And we can all construct an ark where others can find shelter from a flood of pain and insanity. And we have to stop giving the excuse that we're just a regular guy minding our own business. Because all of us can be Noahs. As the American author of a previous century, Edward Everett Hale said, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. This is our challenge, to look at our being ordinary and to make ourselves extraordinary. But how would we do that? So I'd like to add one more point that I heard, I saw from Ruf Herschel Schachterschlitter. If I would ask you, what's the first thing you would do after surviving an apocalyptic event? Well, let's see what Noah's first act was to bring korbanos to Hashem. And the question is, how did Noah know to do this? And Rashi explains that Noah inferred this from the fact that Hashem had commanded him to take seven of certain animals instead of the minimum two to propagate the species. So Noah figured if Hashem wants me to have a surplus of animals, it must be so that I can use the extra ones productively for Avodah Hashem. So Shachter extrapolates that we should have a similar attitude when looking at all the good things that we have in our lives. If we can acknowledge how it would look to have the bare minimum needed for survival, then we can appreciate all the surplus that Hashem has granted us. From Noach, we learn that this introspection should lead us to the question, now, what does Hashem want me to do with all the extras that I have in life. 
And this is an extraordinary lesson that usually is associated with wealth and charity. But Rav Schechter applied this to many other areas as well. Let's say we have more time than our families demand. Are there others nearby who need someone to grocery shop for them? If we have more strength than needed to make it through our days, is there a local shul, business, organization that could use assistance during difficult times? If we have more intelligence than strictly necessary to earn a living, can we find an opportunity to share words of Torah or professional expertise with others? And this is what made Noah great. Because by closely examining the blessings, the talents and resources that Hashem has bestowed upon us, so we, like Noah, can find ways to use the quote-unquote extras for Avodah Hashem and pardon the pun. But we can move from being ordinary people to extraordinary people. Why? Because everyone has, even ordinary people, have extra. And when you use that extra, that can make you an extraordinary person. So therefore, on this Shabbos, we should really give a lot of respect to Noach and figure I too can be a Noach as we start the winter. And we now, this is the time where we have to really make time for growth. It's a time where the holidays are over. We're getting back to quote unquote, the ordinary life as ordinary people. But we could choose our lives to be extraordinary by being extraordinary because of the extras that Hashem gives us in life. And who knows what amazing changes we can make. You know, one Jew is called a complete world. If we could somehow take one Jew into our personal arc of safety, a safe zone to pull someone out of the woke mobble that is destroying people, even an extraordinary person like ourselves can save at least one other person. And if one other person is like the entire world, then we will have accomplished the mission of Noah, which Hashem wants us to be able to do. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening.